0: this picks a black arts and cultural program of the African Sisters Media Network. And that was um, just one um, cut on Kiyazi Malanga's about-to-be-released album. And I didn't even realize he he didn't have like a whole lot of albums. But that particular one was called Tatamana, and I just love all those drums and that horn coming in. And we are joined in the studio uh, by his sister uh, Musikango Malanga to talk about the Malanga Fest 2021 casting our light grand finale, and you'll be able to hear um, Kiyazi, um, I guess, play uh, some of the other. Oh, I think he's joining us. Is your brother going to be joining us? Yes, he is. Oh, I think this is him. <laughs> he heard us calling his name. Wonderful. Good morning. How are you, Kiazi? How are you?
1: Good morning. I'm doing well.
2: And yourself?
0: Oh, I'm well. I'm well. Your sister is in the studio, and we just finished playing one of the cuts on your album, uh, Tatamana. I just thought it would be a really perfect intro to the show. I just love those drums, and, you know, you're a drummer, and the horns are just just phenomenal. Um, Today is uh, World AIDS Day, and the uh, theme this year is... um, End inequalities, end AIDS, and um, um, each time you know, each year this passes, and gosh, I think, well, HIV and AIDS has been around too long, and uh, mm-hmm. the whole idea about inequalities and and its connection to to healthcare and healthcare outcomes is something we all know yet. It continues you know we think about COVID-19 pandemic
2: presently mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know it's the
0: same reason you know sort of the arrogance uh, white pathology and these First Nations you know positioning so I just thought drumming you know we can sort of think about the ancestors you know your dad um, mm-hmm.
2: mm-hmm.
0: Alunga Kaskalert you know Ashe and all of the people that have passed you know from COVID-19 and from HIV and AIDS and Ah, yeah, so
2: just, mm-hmm. I don't know
0: what the what your song, what the title means, but I just like, it's just a libation this morning for the show, so I hope you don't
1: mind. Yeah, no, I did, it's definitely, uh, um, definitely very appropriate. I think um, then just talking, speaking to the title of the song, Tatamana, it speaks to, like, perseverance, so it, it's kind of um, ironic that, you know the topics that of today's show you talk about you know national aids day and um just to kind of what uh you know certain under under underserved and and you know people of color have had to gone through you have to have as have had to go through to kind of establish and can maintain some sort of uh you know uh, uh regular sense of life here in this country i mean that 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 particular song, I gave it the name Tatamana because um just 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 because of the dynamic of that particular rhythm, but in my really um trying to to, to, to to dig deeper into the culture which requires multiple trips back to the Congo. It, it 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 takes dedication, it takes uh resilience, it takes being disappointed, it takes uh problem solving, it takes hard work, sweat, it takes joy, it takes anger. So um, that that title, that song, kind of encompassed all of that for me, and I think it's, it's pretty um, telling, given you know that you know kind of what you just
3: mentioned to me. So. Mm
0: hmm. Wow. Well, that's, that's fabulous. Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, uh, Lucy Congo, for for sending those particular cuts, but that one in particular, without telling me what I was listening to, it works. Yeah, you're right. It works out perfectly.
2: So we mm-hmm. are
0: uh you are joining me to talk about um, as i mentioned earlier before you joined us Malanga Fest 2021 casting our light um you know which is always really important you know to illuminate the darkness casting our light mm-hmm. you know making our presence known uh you know sort of sort of uh removing the shadows <laughs> on a mm-hmm. lot of levels mm-hmm. so um uh the festival started
3: um What was it, a couple of weeks ago or last week? Uh, It started on November 4th.
0: Okay, a while ago, so it's been like a month.
3: Yeah, uh, every time around this year, we take time out to pause and um, actually celebrate our father's birthday, which is November 5th, and you know it aligns with just the season and just it allows mm-hmm. us to kind of reflect on gratitude at the end of the year for um for you know for those who sta- shoulders we stand upon and then also to just celebrate how we're moving forward and so really excited about uh the grand finale um and excited about um folks getting to uh discover county's music um mm-hmm. and just discover uh what he's doing uh with uh with our father's legacy, how he's um he's expressing it through his music, and there's going to be some amazing um guest artists that are going to be joining as well um who mm-hmm. also are just a part of the extension of uh Congo culture as it expresses itself in the diaspora, so we're really excited
0: mm mm-hmm. mhm nice nice well that's fabulous, so maybe for our audience that's not familiar with um uh Belong to Cascolor. They just they just know, you know the the physical space, you know, <laughs> on Alice Street in in Oakland, Fourteenth uh, and Alice in Oakland, and and maybe you know they're too young to have actually you know been able to appreciate you know what what he was bringing <laughs> when he came here to the Bay, uh, and you know we just lost another tree in, in that forest, uh, you know Papa Zach, uh, uh, Um Recently, and um, it's like wow, Um, you know, the children, you know, the women, uh, culture uh, bearers, and like yourself, you're a culture caretaker. You write in your um, in your bio, teaching and performing artist and arts administrator, and uh, your art practice is steeped in staunch Bay Area legacy of cultural preservation. Social justice and service through art, and maybe you could talk a little bit about you know sort of what you've been up to and um and and how this all fits into that um, and then I know you know both of you all are you know highly decorated insofar so far as the letters you know um, so far as I think uh, Kiasa you teach at at Stanford University. And I think you you are also an alumnus of Stanford. And I'm not sure about you, Moosey Congo, if you are also an alumnus, but I know you and your sister um, and your mother was an educator and, I mean, you know, and you're you're, uh, extended and... And, and broader family, um, you know, one of your, your older sister is uh, a wonderful performance artist, uh, actor. So anyway, and you grew up in Little Nairobi, um, which is a place that I think your father um, was really, was one of the people that kind of really established it as a place of African culture. So anyway, if you all want to talk a little bit about more details about yourselves and and how you know this this honoring of your father, um, and his legacy, is just sort of part, uh, you know, part and parcel of what you all do, and uh, you know Congo, you know, in the bay, because I've always seen you all as like you know really, sort of you know African and American, and just just really bringing it all
1: these years. Wow, that say, was you a want lot. To the first I was gonna okay. say it. Go ahead, and
2: take it. I'll rebound on that one. All right, all right, uh, okay. with uh, Wanda, all right, that was powerful,
3: powerful intro. Um, let's see. So, uh, Malonga Kaskalord, uh for those who don't know, uh, was just a powerful um, pioneer and ambassador in African cultural art forms who came to this country in the early 70s first starting in New York and then uh came here to um the Bay Area in, at the end of 1976 and landed in this place called Little Nairobi which was just is very very special place on earth uh there was you know there was a very close vote uh that city is called East Palo Alto but you know, with a few more votes, it would have been known as Nairobi, California. So there are just a lot of brilliant minds, uh, a lot of uh, Pan-African movement happening there. Uh, there was a, a college that was started by by those pioneers at that time and a whole school system that was African-centered. And so some of the people that come out of that some of the people that come out of that community um, are still doing wonderful things today. And then just as far as our father is concerned, um, he just was a man uh, of the people uh, and was very dynamic and a leader and a strategist as it relates to uh, cultural arts and really just invested a lot in people, like he was a grower of people. And it just happens that, you know, the arts, was one of the mediums that he did that through. Um, And so we just try to continue in that vein, uh, continue to preserve culture for future generations, um, continue to use it as a means of healing for the community, safe space for uh, people to find themselves, for people of African descent to to find their culture. Because, you know, they say that, I think they said the stat was about 42% of all enslaved Africans uh, who came to this country are from the Congo region, so uh, it's our culture as a community, and we should tap in. Thank
2: you.
1: Um, I think just to maybe chime in, and you you said it pretty pretty well. I think it's just you know kind of taking passing that baton, like you mentioned, um, just different titans, different Bobobs, different huge pillars in the community passed on and that's a part of life Um, and I think one of the things that is wonderful is that, you know, speaking about, um, you know, Papa Zach or speaking about my fathers, that they, they, during their time here, they, they had such an impact. It raised so many, you know, in many cases, generations of families, mothers whose daughters came and dance, and then they had children and were involved in the culture. And so it's just about continuing to, to kind of build that community and also expand on the culture because, you know, speaking particularly about Congolese culture, it's rich, right? And so one of my main things has been, um, you know, taking kind of the body of work, you know, our father did, and then just trying to expand beyond that and figuring out. Because, you know, the Congo has uh, 52, 53 ethnic groups. And so that is kind of an endless body of knowledge that can continue to be shared. The more, you know, research that I'm able to do and kind of share the more connections and, and ways that you kind of find you're able to not only to relate to people on the continent, but, but also people here uh, in the United States. So the work is, is never ending. You're constantly redefining and rediscovering yourself and, and, and inside the work and and, and you, you hope that you just, have a, a positive impact, you, you're you uplifting to the community and, 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 and you also kind of are are, are, are kind of a sharer and, 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 and of the culture that, you know, folks here in the States um really should know more about. Mm, mm-hmm. mhm.
2: Yeah.
0: So um tell us a little bit about yourselves. Um, you know, what was it like um you know growing up with um uh such a rich heritage uh you know present. And I'm um, you know, it, it definitely probably set you off from your <clears throat> from from children that didn't necessarily know their heritage. because um, you were getting it on both sides. You were getting it on your mom's side and your dad's side, you know, very um uh conscious people. And um and then, you know, it hasn't always been um popular and in vogue to claim one's african person you know in this culture yet you were like unapologi- unapologetically and still remain unapologetic and and then you you've highlighted in your festival you know some really wonderful um uh, thinkers and and movers like uh Dr. Uh, Fukiao and um and you have some collaborators you mentioned but you didn't mention, um, that you're also that are also present. So you could talk a little bit about, you know, some of these these legacies that and, and this um collaborative sort of fabric that you all, you know, are, are really fortunate to have been able to to partake of um in in real time and as opposed to reading about it. And hearing other people talk about it, because, you know, a lot of these folks are no longer with us, but you knew them, you grew up with them, you grew up with sort of this legacy, and now you're like translating it. And then, Jazzy, why don't you talk some more about about your album, and sort of, you know, how you put it together, who's on it, and Mm -hmm. what you're going to be talking about this weekend at the listening party. I know I have okay. these long questions. You take whatever you <laughs>
2: like.
4: <of it. laughs> uh, okay, so Brother Shazi, why don't
2: you go ahead and talk about your album? Let me I'll
3: on, just the album. on some of the other stuff. Okay, no problem.
4: Okay. So the album
1: is, is titled "Kembo Kiangoma." "Kembo Kiangoma" is is a title that means, and it's and it's funny that you mentioned, kind of like you know, Africans growing up in America. Um, it it literally means a little translation is like the wind of the drum. Like, and I, I kind of visually envision kind of a sound wave, but I guess the easiest uh, uh, example to give is when you pull up to like a stoplight and there's the car next to you with the huge subwoofers and you feel that vibration, right? It's like something, you feel that physical that's rattling your car. That is what Te Mukangoma is. It's like the, the that wind, that vibration, that force from the drum. So that's the title of the album. Um My goal there was really just to introduce first or reintroduce in my i guess my vision or my from my perspective um my take on on traditional Congolese music um as as i as I was taught it with of course um different areas where i where I kind of expand beyond and do a little cross cultural um collaboration so in terms of percussion, it's primarily. Um, myself playing all of the, the dingoma, all of the bell, all of the percussive parts, for the most part, of me. Um, it was recorded at Red Tone Studios, which is um, not for, by mistake, <laughs> uh, also at East Palo Alto, so there's a lot coming out of this community. Uh, um, and I did a lot of, of the work in collaboration, editing, um, um, mixing with, with Justin Phipps, who's who's a genius uh musically in, in his own right and it was a great journey um yeah, and it was just it, it's 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 an it's an album of music, so there are no vocals um or singing on this album because I really wanted to connect with with the audience with my my listeners to just have them feel and understand um the music. I had a wonderful time doing it. We released two singles the first is lo mame which is um uh, I pulled from, like, the entire Congo kingdom. So that first single is from the Democratic Republic of the Congo, from the Baluba ethnic group, and it's a rhythm called Mutwashi. And that has guitar, and they're, like, drum breaks. It's super dynamic and funky. We did an awesome video. Um, and then the second single was Tatamana, which you mentioned was played to open um, um, this, this this morning session. And that is a rhythm that's dynamic a bunch of different uh instruments that's used that are used the rhythm is wada, and this is um coming back over the other side of the, the congo river uh to the Congo people this Congo ethnic group that does that so all in all I think it's a it's a great album to be able to listen to to enjoy to dance to um i'm I've been in the studio tough working on a follow up to this album so we're our 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 release date is looking at we we're hopefully looking at march um but yeah, it was, it was it was it was it was great to do to be able to share the beauty of Cocoli's culture and just hope that you know people enjoy it as much as I did making it.
0: hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so this is really just a teaser. Like the whole thing is not ready. Like we can't take take it home this weekend. You're like, okay. <laughs> well, no. Okay, actually, nice. so, so let me
1: clarify. Yeah. so the oh. album is out. You can grab the album on iTunes. All all music. All 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 uh. Uh, streaming platforms, the album is there. Um, you can just okay. kind of search my name, Malonga, Kiazi Malonga, K I A Z I, and then last name M A L O N G A, and it should it should come up. But I'm I'm just just was saying I'm actively pursuing that second album, which I'm pulling some of the music.
2: Oh. We've
1: added some vocals too, but I've also you know composed a bunch of new, uh, a few new tracks as well. So no, the the current album as it is um, is definitely available.
0: Oh, that's cool. Wow, you're going to have a follow-up, you know, what do they call it, a sophomore release that quickly. That's, yeah, so you're going to be doing it. this like every every um, every uh, quarter, you're going to be coming out with something new maybe.
2: This so much with
0: 52, 52 ethnic groups or 52 languages, something
1: big. <laughs> yeah, 52 ethnic groups. Yeah, I'm a, they say there's a proverb in, 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 uh, in Kikongo that basically the literal translation is, hey, while you have teeth, eat corn which means strike while the iron is hot. So while I have the energy, mm-hmm. while I have the opportunity, um I'm going to be trying to produce and create as much music as possible. So yes, I have we are slated for sophomore release um shortly after the new year.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Oh my goodness. Yeah, I was just thinking about you know how um uh you know your dad would would be um you know consulting with folks like um Alonzo Kings uh line contemporary ballet and i remember when when uh, Alonso did that really wonderful piece like way back <laughs> and it was it was featuring on on the um uh on the people you know of the forest you know um mm-hmm. in theory, forest uh, in, i think that's how you pronounce it i'm not sure and um and it was like there's this word that's used to reference um these folks that's uh, um, that's insulting or pejorative, and mm-hmm. um, and and I think I saw your dad at the at the opening of that, and we were talking because I saw that he he was in the notes, and he was always one that would he was approachable, you know, like you could mm-hmm. catch him, and he would like you know share some wisdom, drop some knowledge on <laughs> you. So he was telling mm-hmm. me about the folks, and um, and and I remember. Um, uh, Dr. Uh, Robert Ferris Thompson. Um, he had also written. Um, I think he wrote a book about about these folks, and I was really fascinated um, with you know the folks that lived in the forest. I think forests are mm-hmm. pretty magical, and and mm-hmm. you know and, and making clothes out of the bark, using the bark as as paper, um, mm-hmm. and just just sort of you know being able to be um, in concert with with the natural environment and not, you know, using what you have to use, but not destroying the environment. Um, and I mm-hmm. think, you know, um, so anyway, I was just wondering, and, and I'm from New Orleans, so, you know, we got, you know, um, uh, Congo Square, you know, where mm-hmm. the drums were still permitted. And and that, mm-hmm. I, so I've always wanted to go to Kikongo because Kikongo also has this real rich um, uh, cultural relationship to the ancestors, I mean, like it's hecka nice. It's similar. Like Burkina Faso was another another la- mm-hmm. uh, nation, a, a country, culture that is. The, the ancestors are always with you. I mean, the way you do it. And I really mm-hmm. loved it when your father passed. How uh, you did this thing in the community. Um, you know, when you you mourned and then you came out of the mourning and 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 came out in the community and talked about the process and I thought, like, Oh, this is so beautiful. Um
2: mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah. So anyway I'm just rambling, sorry. Um and then and then we'll see, Congo, I just love that piece that you did um uh at um uh, counterpulse way back when and then I know you've also made films. Um so anyway just you know, just keep on talking and talk about your collaborators. <laughs> you talk about what people miss, so they say, oh, man, I totally got to make sure I'm in the mix for 2022. And also, I know this right. is in person. Tell people how they can get tickets, because I think it costs a little money, not a whole lot. And will you be streaming as well, or is it just, you know, you got to be in the house?
3: I think you have to be in the place to, to be a part of the magic. Uh, we, we've actually had the opportunity to... Uh, to have access to this wonderful space in Oakland that is uh, run by some uh, very progressive artists uh,
2: called Agency Oakland. So we, um,
0: you're breaking up you're a little bit, bit Chicago. Chicago. Can you hear me? No, I can yeah, so I missed okay. I missed the whole thing around the, about this place. Okay, the Stay. whole
3: thing. Okay. Yeah, so uh we are the event this Saturday is taking place at Agency Oakland, really really large and airy space that allows us to uh, be socially distant and um it's a masked up event. Uh we have some amazing uh collaborators, Kyazi and um the Afro-Peruvian Coalition are preparing some nice things. There's going to be some beautiful Goma music happening there. We have Africa We Dance that's going to be doing a floor show, DJ Kobe, uh, who's going to be on the ones and twos, and um, a, uh, a guest poet, Deidre White, will be a part of the lineup. So it's it's going to be a really full event, and it's just an opportunity to to kind of close out what's been a really rich season uh where we've been just shining the light in different ways and trying to create spaces for the community to gather safely after, you know, having been confined and isolated for so long. Um, so we're just inviting people to come out. We're doing everything possible to make sure that it's uh, as safe as possible, that we're gathering as safe as possible around capacity and even around the venue that we chose. Um, and uh, so we're just hoping that people will come out and experience this music um, that was created in the pandemic. I'll keep t- in my uh, outreach to folks. I'm saying it's one of the best things to come out of this pandemic. You know, some of us mm-hmm. went down, and some of us were, were able to like create things, and um, and um, and so I believe Kelsey's really done that with his album, um, and this is kind of the first opportunity we've had to kind of celebrate it in a way that, you know, we can gather, not virtually. So excited for people to download it, to be present, um, to come and hear the music, to hear the collaborations that are happening with the uh, special guests. And um, people can purchase tickets at Eventbrite. It's $10.
5: Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> what a good deal Two yeah. bucks
3: Whoa I keep it affordable wow. Because we want the people to come We don't want money to be a barrier
5: uh, For people to mm-hmm.
2: get
3: access to good healing music mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
0: Oh nice, nice You guys still there? Yeah, yeah, (laughs) just waiting for you to jump in uh, and add to the conversation.
2: (laughs) No, no, it's okay.
0: Um, You know, I mean, I asked you a whole lot of things um, uh, because, you know, it's been a month. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if you want to talk about some of the presentations that you know, because there's something about the bay, and I don't know what it is. Maybe because they know, you know, Malanga is here. <laughs> but there's like a lot of Congolese folks here, and so it's like a heck of rich area of 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 the of the uh, the country. Um, I think mm-hmm. you know, like like you want to go to Africa, because like when I when I travel to to Africa, the continent for the first time. I was, I mean, I, I I didn't feel like I was going somewhere that I had no knowledge of, you know, because I had been mm-hmm. there in mm-hmm. film. I had been there mm-hmm. in, in dance classes, you know, that Saturday dance class that you all, you know, held space for, you know, your dad. And then you all would be there leading and you'd be drumming, <laughs> you know, kind mm-hmm. of um, uh, And, yeah, and. And so when I went, I'm like, dang, where's all the music? You know, it's like, I need to bring Oakland with me.
2: Because <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it was
0: just like, this felt more, you know, here at home and here in the Bay felt more like Africa in my imagination. And it was really mm-hmm. because, you know, these are folks that are from the continent, you know, Senegal and and Congo and, you know, other places. But then when I get there... You know, it's not like the culture is just not, like, booming, but then, you know, it's like, okay, well, they're not, they have to, like, work. <laughs> you know, this is not what yeah. they do all the time. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah. Sorry, go ahead.
1: Mm-hmm. No, I was, I was just going to gonna say it's a pretty fair assessment. I mean, Africa, you know, one, as a continent, is super dynamic, but if you just choose a, a country, right, like, you depending on what, <clears throat> you can have, you know, hundreds of different experiences in that place when you travel there based on what you're going for. You could go for educational purposes. You could go for tourists. If you're really into um, learning about the culture, you could also go for that. But a lot of times in many different cultures, you, you have to be kind of linked in or locked into that community, right? And so there's sometimes where you can kind of see flashes of that out and about in the taxi on the way to the market or coming back from visiting friends or from you know, whatnot, but other than that, like, some of those, a lot of those ceremonies and things are happening in private, so it's just kind of, I would say, you know, it's there, but, you know, you definitely have those who are here, the Africans who have been able to bring the culture here have definitely highlighted uh, those elements of of, of African uh, belief system, celebration, society, you know, uh to kind of magnify that here, but you know, bringing it back to this weekend like one of the, my favorite things about collaborating um, with uh, African artists in the diaspora is, is, is being able to identify the influence of Congo and to see how strong those roots and those connections still are hundreds of hundreds you know hundreds of years later um, to see how those knowledge that 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 you know that 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 pool of knowledge still exists. That's something that always fascinates me, and what we have been able to do with the Afro Peruvian coalition, which are an awesome group of, of musicians and great people, we we rehearsed until like eleven last night. Most of it was just enjoying, is identifying two drums, one drum that I would say is the ancestor of another, and and <clears throat> and playing them together, right, and so. One the drum that they have is called a cajon. It's a square drum, wooden, that they sit on, and they play. And then they also use their foot as they're sitting on it to, to adjust it and, and, and uh, mimic, you know, adjusting um, the pitch of the of the drum. And then we're kind of juxtaposing that instrument to the its ancestor, which is the petenge, which is also a square drum that you sit and you play and you use your foot to adjust the pitch of the sound. So it's kind of like, you know, I don't know what the best example is. If you're like a car buff, right? There've been like these old school, like the muscle cars that were like, and this is of course only a 50 year, you know, time frame that we're looking at versus hundreds of years of slavery that happened past, you know, years ago and comparing these instruments. But if you look at like the old original, like whatever, Mustang or Camaro, and then you see like, the newer version when they tried to reenact it you kind of have them side by side and you look at the pros and cons and how it evolved over time it's kind of like similar to that in that regard um so i would say there's a there's a lot more than just drumming and music um happening there's kind of a a reconnection across you know cultures that have been you know folks that have been removed kind of a rejoining rejoining um in the sense uh, in that regard, so yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be an amazing weekend. We'll play, um, you know, a few of my singles. I'll be performing. There's a, a, a huge collaboration with the Afro Peruvian, where we will be identifying and, and exploring around, um, you know, just those two instruments and building music and song. There'll be audience participation. There'll be, you know, these like my sister said, the DJ will be there, so there'll be option you know, opportunities to dance. Um mm-hmm. So yeah, it's just don't miss it. You've been in the house for a little bit, you know, come out masked up and just, you know, you can stay six eight feet apart from each other but you can definitely uh have a good time.
0: Mm, nice, nice. Yeah. Uh Congo, um, anything you wanna add? Um any closing remarks? Um, neither one of you had mentioned um uh, Doctor Fukiya, um and I, I was really pleased and and, and happy to see his name um, as a part of, you know, the overall programming, you know, over this month of um, of activities at Malanga Fest.
3: Uh, yeah, it was, I think, really important uh, for us to bring him into the space. Um, uh, Dr. Fukiao uh, was just a really powerful scholar and spiritual teacher and uh, the day that we did the tribute was uh, on this Monday, uh, mm-hmm. and that happened to be the day that he transitioned. Um, oh, so it wow.
0: Was, we well, it's really important. Yeah. Important choices here. Like,
3: yeah. wow, your dad's
0: birthday, his, whoa, his, his transition, right. wow.
3: Yes, yeah, so he, he passed away about eight years ago. And we mm-hmm. had the great fortune to uh, to speak with one of his students, uh, Professor Quadro Dwayne Dieterville, and had a really, oh, yeah. really robust conversation. Yeah, so it was really great. I can just say personally, our first experience uh, with Dr. Foucault was when, um, when our father brought him to Congo Camp, uh, mm-hmm. he did a series of lectures. This was probably in the early 90s. And at that time, he had a book where he was, I think the book was like, uh, it was like the art of babysitting Kindezi Mm -hmm. uh, from a (laughs) Congo perspective. And so that was like our introduction to him as a philosopher and just even this idea of like a a Congo worldview, uh, Mm Congo cosmology and uh, the Congo Yowa sign and how the Congo people see the life cycle. Um, And it was really great to kind of get exposed to that as a teenager, even though Mm -hmm. everything didn't get in. But, you know, years later to come back and kind of rediscover that. So uh, thanks to one of our Malonga Fest uh, partners, Congo Square West, Regina Carlisa Calloway, uh, we were able to Mm -hmm. bring in um, Professor Kwajo and have a really great conversation and just honor Dr. Fuqiao and his amazing scholarship um, and teaching as a spiritual teacher um, up as a part of Malonga Fest, and that, that really was very gratifying uh, for me. Mm. Yeah, yeah. How how are
0: things in Congo um, I, presently? Oh, sorry.
3: Oh, no worries. I'll let Calvi take that because he's been there most recently.
0: You said, oh, okay. how are things
3: in Congo more, more, yeah, more yeah, because
0: Congo is really rich, and it's being—it's always being. Well, all of Africa's countries are being robbed for the materials. But Congo, you know, we think about um, Congo Week, where people are supposed mm-hmm. to, you know, uh, sort of fast from technology because mm-hmm. a lot of the things that make our technology work are coming from Congo, and it mm-hmm. doesn't like it doesn't touch the ground before it's gone, you know, literally, yeah, um,
2: yeah, yeah. you know,
0: these resources. And then there's a lot of, a lot of, you know, rape as a tool of, of, um of control and, and war
2: mm-hmm.
0: happens there. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's also a beautiful place. Um, And then there's like Kinshasa, Congo, you know, Kinshasa, and you've got Brazzaville and,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and, and, and yeah. So anyway, uh, it's always nice to know from somebody that we know what's going on mm-hmm. here on the ground. Um, you know, I, how are people think, doing? I, yeah, I think in the Congo it's um.
1: Let's see how do it's it's I, you know because I have multiple experiences. I have experiences like, you know, individual who has families coming to visit family. So family is doing good. Um, we mm-hmm. come from a really really large family, so it's always good to kind of see people and check, even meet new people who I haven't. Had the opportunity of um, meeting, um, so from that perspective, it's it's doing you know, it's, it's it's good for me. I think uh, artistically, Congo is is thriving. I also have an artistic experience when I go. I um, you know most recently started the recording of the second album, but also from more primarily, I go to learn. You know, and so the arts are, are flourishing. There is a, and I'm trying to be a pioneer to push back against what comes from the west is the best right and so you have that influence into tradition and i think a lot of indigenous cultures can can identify with that and it's just like nah bro like understand that what we have as our culture in the congo you may breathe it sleep it wake up to it eat it so you you don't see it as think rich and valuable but i try to reinstill people lean into that because that is what makes us different understanding, you know, or mimicking or recreating what you see on TV or on the internet, Facebook with, you know, everything that's outside of the country. It's like cool to be connected to the world, but don't allow that to, you know, re you know, take the space of your own, your knowledge of of, of self and your own culture. And so I think that there is a, uh, I wouldn't necessarily say struggle that is happening there, but there is some ebbs and flows as it, as it relates to that on the cultural um, and artistic tip because you want to keep those traditions alive, right? And we come from an oral culture, and so a lot of that, if you it's not taught, um, there aren't necessarily many, you know, our libraries, our elders that we have, right? And our time on this mm-hmm. earth is is numbered, and so as time happens or continues to pass, you know, people people. Uh, they pass they they pass away, so so it's important to kind of keep that moving. And then I would say just in general, from an overall kind of maybe political, socio economic, um, Congo is still in a developing state. You know, so there's still still things that are challenging as it relates to to surviving there, where, where you have where you talk about water, clean water. You talk about electricity. On a whole other conversation, I started you know, Pisa Energy, which is the organization that that expanded the access to renewable energy um, Mm -hmm. through off-grid solar. And we've done some great work there. So that was kind of my, outside of my artistic work, a way for me to take my my educational background and try to make a difference. But I I would say from that socioeconomic point, you have, you know, folks who are pretty wealthy and then you have some that more working class folks that kind of struggle. And that's where the heartbeat of the community is. But there are, hardships that kind of make life um a bit more difficult. And so it just keeps me um empowered to want to continue to shed a light on Congolese culture outside of the country so that it increases people's knowledge about like, you know, just where is that? What's what 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 the culture is like If then, you know, people will be interested in going and and people will be more aware about the issues. Um and at, at least that's a start to, to to being able to make positive change. So all in all, um, Congo right now, um, and then like you mentioned, there's there's the whole like, you know, on the political side where you have like the minerals and, and things that are being removed that are kind of happening under under the radar. So you know, it's, it, there's there's a lot a lot going on. I would say that I would encourage people to travel there if you have the opportunity. Uh, A great way to start is just learning about the culture. Um, But yeah, wonderful place, wonderful food. Depending on time of year, it is very hot, but (laughs) it's uh, you know it's it's a wonderful people. Um, Regardless of uh, you know what they have, like you would never be able to tell uh, someone's hardship because the joy, the ability to to celebrate and to and to build community is 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 second to none.
0: hmm hmm yeah, yeah, thank you. And so when were you there last, like uh, recently, meaning this year?
1: Yeah, I was there in May, like May oh, of, super. Uh, I returned at
0: the end of May, yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Are you all still sponsoring trips maybe? Are you looking at doing that again? Because I think you used to take people there, um, you know, uh, uh, the Congo would take people to um, to Congo, um I don't know how often you did it, but I you did camps and stuff, and some camps were there.
1: Yeah, we did we did camps. We actually never were able to take groups. There have been some other kind of one-off artists that have done so. Okay. I was flirting with the idea of doing that this year. Probably pushed mm-hmm. it out a year. Um, so nothing in 2022, but definitely be on the lookout. Like I said, I'm, I'm hitting y'all hard with that sophomore album, and hopefully, okay. you know, the music will entice people one to learn more about the culture. And and, and and looking forward, you know, those opportunities should definitely uh open up.
0: Nice, nice, yeah. Yeah, well I've always enjoyed enjoyed your, your playing and watching you move with that drone. You be walking with it. it be like dancing with it. It's like heck of cool. <laughs> thank you. Thank
1: you, thank
0: you, thank you. Yeah. So Musi Congo, um, any any closing reflections about, you know, being a Congolese woman, um, uh, you know, art bear, you know, culture keeper bear um,
3: You know, just so creative How's your son? Oh, he's doing great He's following me around the house right now Actually, so I keep having a mute um, <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh,
3: <laughs> Reflections I just feel very fortunate I feel very fortunate to uh, be able to create spaces Where people can um, find themselves in Congo culture Um and uh, and just the universal, universal universality of it, um, especially if you're from the diaspora. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel yeah, just and, and I feel especially fortunate during this season of Molonga Fest because we've had some we've had some amazing um, guest artists participate, um, and uh, we have some wonderful collaborators that are happening on that are coming and being a part of the celebration on Saturday. Just to name a few, Afro-Urban Society did a wonderful workshop as a part of our $6 Tuesday series yesterday. Uh, we had Africa We Dance, uh, Tamika Harris and Africa We Dance did did a workshop. We had uh, the amazing uh, Javier Barrera and Pedro mm-hmm. Rosales um, who and, and – who came out and did a workshop, a part of that same series, and taught Afro-Peruvian dance. And so that that kind of connects into what's happening on Saturday because they are part of that Afro-Peruvian coalition. Um, And then, Mm -hmm. of course, we had had a a film screening uh, on Zoom. Mm -hmm. So we provided, like, um, uh, just kind of a rich hybrid of in-person and virtual activities during this Malonga Fest season all centered around this idea of casting our light, you know, casting our light in the world, kind of re-emerging after seasons of, of like, you know, darkness, isolation. Um, so many people had losses, and we just, you know, over this last two years uh, didn't have the opportunity to, to gather uh, to celebrate to mourn, to heal together um mm-hmm. and so and so you know this Malonga fest really kind of carried that idea in mind to create those spaces for for that to happen. Um, mm-hmm. I should also mm-hmm. mention that uh after we get finished, getting down to table Kia Congo this uh Saturday that we have one final uh six dollar Tuesday workshop it's gonna be an afro Cuban Uh, Dance class with Asatu Hall And uh, some of the musicians From MSA Yeah Oh, It's been rich, rich, rich (laughs) I I hope I didn't miss Listing anybody That um, has been a part Of Malonga Fest We had an amazing second line To kick it off Uh, Mm -hmm. And um, just every week There's been some rich offerings Jackie Barnes Miss Jackie Barnes Taught a wonderful class We just had, like, a a multi-generational legacy. Oh, my goodness. Exactly. And and I believe... Yeah. yeah, Mm -hmm. So So we're excited, and we're excited to close out the festival strong. So we're just really hoping that folks will come out, experience this new music, experience the collaborations that have come out of Malonga Fest, Um, download the album, uh, Kia Kongo, Kiazi Malonga, and then just figure out how to stay engaged. We also teach classes every Saturday. Uh, Kiazi teaches an N'goma class that's open to all levels. It, it happens at 1130 at the Malonga Center. And then immediately following his drum class, we have a dance class that happens at 1. That's the dance class that's been happening for born. So um, <laughs> come through, plug in, pull up. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah, oh, that's
0: great that you you did have um some virtual aspects to the festival, so and I read um that uh it's for adults um this this first time around um is is that did I read correctly
3: that's, that's correct,
0: mhm, right, yeah, I want to keep the kids safe, okay, awesome, awesome. Yeah. Well, um Kazi, um I keep on I hear you pronounce it one way, um uh, Musikango and I and I'm like, "How do you say your name?"
2: Kazi. Oh, it is Kazi.
0: Oh, I was thinking okay. All right. It's like, how do you say it? It's like I'm like killing it. Okay. Cool. so uh I was going to play um the other other um uh song that um that your sister sent me uh uh Mami mm-hmm.
1: uh you mm-hmm. want to tell us about it Lo is uh well first thank you it's a, it was a, a a wonderful experience to record it's a song that is is um from it's um it's basically a mutuashi rhythm so that's from the larger congo um still congo just alike. like uh it incorporates guitar there's a, a really large and amazing dynamic drum break in that particular song and there's just uh it's a really nice and danceable song it's one of those that runs kind of deep for me a lot of times we used to have family get-togethers and i had an older cousin who i would when mutuashi music came on we would always dance and be typical to congolese culture you know we got to dance in a circle and people come out and do solos they just have a a really you know, it's just a, a, a great experience and, and this older cousin of mine Diaka, Passed away from 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 cancer, uh, untimely. I'm pretty sure we all know somebody who's who who lost to cancer, um, and so this song I, I I dedicated in his memory. He was actually able to hear not the final final, um, mm. because he passed before the album came out. But I I I when I was visiting him in the hospital, probably two a week and a half before he passed, I was like listen listen to these tracks. I'm in the studio. Let me know your favorite. And boom, oh, he said, Ah, this one I'm like, Yeah, man, that's how we, you know, we used to dance, we reminisce when better times were in health and we were at a family function. And so this song really kind of uh really captures those those awesome moments and I I made it in in in, in you know, in, in memory of him. He was actually able to hear it. So it runs deep. It's a it's a special song for me. But it's also really mm-hmm. freaking there's some nice guitar parts
0: um and so yeah ah lovely okay wow wow great choices um Lucy Conco um that you sent me they just work so well as bookends (laughs) the conversation but it also fits so well with you know what we're talking about um you know in the show you know now and then after you after you all depart it, it really continues the theme um yeah, yeah, about ancestors and um, uh, sort of carrying that light um, and casting our light while we are here. And even afterwards, you can still cast the light because people have memories of you, which is really awesome. So I'm going to close with your song if, if unless you have something that you need to repeat or that you didn't say or you left out if, if everything is good we can go ahead and play it just let me know
1: no thank you for the opportunity to giving us you know a, a, a platform to kind of speak about our, our father's work about the, the festival the great work my sister has been doing thank you to all of those who helped behind the scenes to put all of these events um with the with the fence the classes these the, you know online zoom discussions the workshops that's, just show there's a lot of folks that, that kind of make that happen, coordinating, text messages, beating. Thank you to them and, you know, and to all of the audience and community who've supported thus far, you know, thank mm-hmm. you guys. And if you have not had an opportunity to, uh, you definitely have one this Saturday, so don't miss it.
0: All righty. Yeah. And then the Tuesdays and then your Saturday classes. Okay. Well, you all take good care. Congratulations on the wonderful festival so far. And, uh, yeah, I'm really happy you're continuing the cultural work. It's really necessary. It's like food for us.
2: Thank 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 you. Thank
0: you. You're welcome. and you don't want to miss the listening party this weekend. December 4th, doors open at 7 p.m., Laloom, Oakland, um, uh, $10 in advance. You can get your ticket on Eventbrite, and I have links to it. Um, so, yeah, yeah, don't miss out. Um, and certainly, you know, make sure you have your dancing shoes on because it's going to be really, really wonderful. So I am going to... Let folks know a little bit about some of the uh, activities for World AIDS Day. Uh, there's a um, a Zoom um, panel. It's called When Pandemics Don't End, World AIDS Day, and the Fight for Decriminalization. It's 8 p.m. Eastern Time and 5 p.m. Uh, Pacific Time. And it's uh, got a whole lot of folks that are going to be uh, – um, Conversing and it's gonna be moderated by Kevin um uh, Manofu and again um uh you it's a it's a Zoom event, it's free. You can um find the link at Wandaspics com. And and then there's a film, uh, Blue Eye Shadow is a true story of two Richmond California brothers. Um and uh this this World AIDS Day broadcast premiere is um from 5.30 to 6 p.m. on Coffee TV. Um, And then there's going to be a a lifelong medical care um, follow-up discussion with HIV experts. Um, Edric Jerome is the filmmaker, and he says he wrote Blue Eye Shadow to honor the life of his late brother Eddie, uh, who the family lost to AIDS, the AIDS virus in 1995. And he writes that though it's a deeply personal story, I feel audiences will embrace our story and relate to it, uh, related to their own family stories. He says, um, he says that he's proud of the way the project developed from a short story to a stage play, and now this film, and uh, and people can sort of reflect on how many um, folks that we've lost as a community to this virus and and prevention is certainly the key um, uh, to contracting this disease, which continues. Um, People are still contracting HIV. People are still dying from AIDS. But uh, at this point, it's not necessary because we know a whole lot of ways to prevent the transmission of this particular disease. And I'm going to follow before we have another conversation. I'm going to play an interview uh, with uh, dr nathaie uh, uh, duque, du- uh, Di- duque and uh, she is principal in and, and matthew uh, Hyman 's the first wave is a national geographic documentary film release. Uh, that looks at the COVID-19 crisis in the early months of 2020 among New York City's most vulnerable populations, folks who were at risk, not because they had preexisting conditions like diabetes, obesity, asthma, or hypertension. It was the melanin that stained or marked them at birth. These sick people were already fitted for systemic racialized jackets. By the time they showed up in uh, Dr and I hope I'm not killing her name, <laughs> uh, uh, DK's emergency room, it was a race against all clocks turned back. Uh, when I heard about the film, I asked if there were any black people in it. I learned not only were there black people, the starring role was held by a 35-year-old Dr. Nathalie uh, on the uh uh, D.K. internist and hospitalist at Long Island Jewish Medical Center in Queens. The director, um, Hyman, says, by the third week of March, New York City had become the epicenter of the outbreak in the U.S. We were not only in the hardest-hit city, but we were in the hardest-hit hospital with the state's largest health care system, and that health care system is Northwell Health uh, it is an intense 93 minutes. The concise and riveting trailer has one has one on the edge, if not edge of <laughs> her seat. However, these aren't actors. Uh, when there's a flat line, the patient doesn't get up after the commercial break. The tears are real. The prayers nurses like Kelly Wunish uh, carry home in their pockets are real, too, as are the cases the film follows. Brussels Jabon, licensed practical nurse born in uh Philippines, a sick mother who gives birth to a healthy son, but he has to go home with his aunt and uncle because dad and grandfather and grandmother all have the virus. Her husband, parents and sister are all nurse nurses. We meet uh Ahmed Ellis or Ahmed Ellis, thirty six, who is a school police officer. He is very sick too. Will he make it? He has a new baby daughter, um, uh, Ava, uh, she's two now, and an older son, Austin, who's five now. Um, his wife, Alexis, is a child life specialist within hospitals. Ellis, uh, like Dr. Uh, D.K., is first-generation American. His family is from the small South American nation, Guyana. We also meet other others. Other patients, I need to edit this, <laughs> whom are speaking to family on iPads one minute and later, Dr. Duque uh, is, uh, DK, sorry, is calling the same family that say their loved ones has died suddenly. Nothing is as expected. We see nurses and other medical personnel putting on protective clothing. We think about last year's PPE shortages and recent nurse strikes in California. We see staff have a moment of silence for patients before they put the bodies in protective sealed bags. We see an area where the dead are stored and remember that COVID-19 is still contagious after death. 2020 is the year George Floyd was killed on Memorial Day. It was also Africa Day. The irony of a senseless killing when so many are dying in the nation's overcrowded medical facilities is not lost on medical workers who stage a silent protest. It is a powerful moment in the film where we see all the doctors, nurses, and other medical professionals stand in solidarity with the Black Lives Matter movement. Dr. DK or D.J. sorry, um, speaks to a young man who wants a policeman to acknowledge his pain. She tells him to go home to his people who love him. She tells this man that this moment is not worth his life. I think about the people who have turned their bodies into bombs, Doctor, uh, uh, I gotta keep on. I see her name all these different ways. <laughs> DeJays acknowledgement, acknowledgement um, humanizes the situation, and we see the youth hug her and cry. We can do this for each other, Doctor uh, uh says in a recent interview. She says there are not enough Black people, let alone Black women, physicians in popular culture or cinema. She says this film can change this. She is still black, she says. She did not leave her people behind when she stepped into her current position. I think about other jobs she could have chosen, yet she decided to work in an emergency room, ground zero for black and brown people, poor people, people without insurance. A Dogon descendant, Dr. uh, DeJay, or, yeah, DeJay, D.K., is serious smile um, serious as in <laughs> uh, serious as in the constellation? We have a lovely conversation. She knows wellness is only possible when we all commit to it. She said the public urgency is gone, yet the threat has not lessened. She says we need to have more community discussions so people can protect themselves from infection, and this way we can all stay healthy. Just a simple thing like wearing a mask is met with resistance. Dr. Uh, uh, DK, DJ. <laughs> I'm killing her name, sorry, um, was in Los Angeles uh, the week following San Francisco Doc Stories for another festival preceding the National Geographic digital screening and debut. Uh, November 19th. So it's been out. It's available. You can stream it. Uh, the First Wave is an important document for those who work in the medical field, but more so for the survivors and their families, for citizens who take their health for granted, and for everyone who likes a good story with powerful themes and lasting impressions. That This is that film. Whoever said truth is stranger than fiction had it right. A true story in the hands of a master craftsman like Academy award-nominated and Emmy Award-winning filmmaker and native New Yorker, Matthew Heineman, is a powerful tool for change. Let's hope the right people see it, all of you. So anyway, I'm just reading from Uh That's where I read this, and I need to edit it, obviously, uh, from my stumbling. And, uh, and then the interview is transcribed because we're not going to be able to play it all. So I am going to play the interview now, and um
2: <laughs>
0: yeah um uh, please forgive me um the errors in um in pronunciation and uh let's see i should have had this queued up but i didn't Oh, here we are. Okay, so we're not going to be, be able to play. We're just really going to just tease you.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, but here is the teaser. It was a really great conversation, really powerful woman. You could put your um your contact information in the chat.
2: Okay.
0: Um, I just wanted to start out um, before we even get started um, I, I have um, a Friday uh, meditation that I participate in. It's called uh, The Mindful um, Tribe, and uh, and uh, it's really wonderful. Um, I am a cancer survivor as of this year, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, three months out of surgery and uh, did some really wonderful mindfulness stress reduction courses and things like that because after the surgery, you know, you just wait and wait and wait for the results. I had to wait two months almost. And so I know, like, I was, like, trying to, like, you know, hope in the unknown. Mm-hmm. And so, um, mm-hmm. so anyway, um, Alice Walker, you know, she's got a book um, called We Are the Ones We're Waiting For, and in her book, she, uh, she shares these uh, chakra meditations with her, with us, her, you know, the readers. And so there's a, um, a meditation that I, I did for you today while I was meditating um, on loving kindness, and this is the card and so I just wanted to tell you that um that you are in my heart um, and and I'm just wanting to wish you peace and may you have love and may you have strength, and may you have everything you need to be able to do this important work,
4: because, you know we're with you, sister, but you got the skill set. Thank you so much. when I tell you the Lord knows what I need, <laughs> and I appreciate you. um thank you for this opportunity um and it's people like you, honestly, that you don't even know me, and it's that additional support that is actually helping myself along, as well as so many of us who are still going through this.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because people think it's all over, but it's not all over. Yeah. And particularly, you know, with constituency, you know, our people that that you are seeing. You know, in the hospital, and I had I'd never known there was a name for the the doctor that works in the hospital. The hospitalist. Yeah,
2: that's the name. Yeah, (laughs) yeah.
0: Yeah, and I want to echo what Lionel Richie, you know, the shout out that he gave you. You know, good work, sister. You know.
4: Thank you you so much. Yeah,
0: yeah. So I kind of want to start with uh, somebody you probably know, another physician, and I want to let you know also that um. My uh, my daughter's stepsister, she's a physician. She's a um, uh, she does anesthesia for babies. Okay. Yeah, and um, and and I have another friend who's um a pediatrician, so I know a little bit about the world of of you know that you occupy, but not nearly you know what you're doing around um, COVID-19 and you know this health emergency that. Continue similar to our community and HIV and AIDS way back when,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and and everybody thinking oh it's over and you know you think about you know sister um you know uh, Oni Blackstock
2: mm-hmm. and her
0: work and her sister you know Uche
4: uh, Blackstock and you know how she talks about um and they're both New Yorkers you know, honestly Dr Blackstock only she was my attending because I was trained exactly at Montefiore Medical Center. So there is a connection there already. I love her. I never met her sister, Uche, but I love them, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And then
0: you think, you know, her father was an immigrant, their father was an immigrant, and, and they are second-generation physicians, and you would think, oh, it's easy now. But, you know, the racism and the sexism and the unconscious bias Continues. so I wanted to know like as first generation Haitian and um, by the way I've been to your country a couple of times um yeah after the earthquake I took stuff you mm-hmm. know twice to help out and um wow you know it's like one thing after another thing after another thing how how is your family um that that's still there um in France So
2: a
4: lot of my immediate family and like the close family they've actually all are now in America um, I do have, like, distant, like, cousins that are still there. Um, they're doing okay. Like, it's still chaotic. It's mm-hmm. still that sense of uncertainty. And there's that, uh, unfortunately, people are living through that scarcity mindset because you just never know between the political and the social unrest and mm-hmm. all economic um, instability there. But fortunately for myself, um, the people that I know, they seem to be doing okay.
0: Excellent. Excellent. So i um, got these questions. I've got too many. Um, <laughs> so, you know, as a first-generation Haitian American, you know, born in the USA, you know, mm-hmm. grew up in the Bronx, mm-hmm. um, how did this affect your career choice? Like why would you intentionally go into this work?
4: Right. Okay. So <laughs> honestly, sometimes the culture, Haitian, parents, they love them, a doctor, a lawyer, or (laughs) any one of those fields. But for me, I personally get true joy, and I am passionate with getting to meet people and to be able to connect with them. And then on top of it, I am mentally challenged and stimulated through science, and I excelled in it, and I appreciate and I'm in awe of like the human body and the inner workings mm-hmm. and that marriage between those two joys of mine um, led me to the path of medicine in terms of it is a way for me to connect with people despite their backgrounds because when you're sick you're sick okay um, that kind of helped propelled me into that world of medicine where I can help people maintain or get to a quality of life that's sustainable for them to live the life that they want to live. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're young, aren't you? Like early thirties or something. Thanks. I thank you for st- saying that. Thirties is still young. So I am 35. I'm 35. <laughs> I But like, yeah. you're hecka young. Thank you. Thank you. The, my little cousin doesn't think so. She's like, oh my god. She's like. <laughs> I like, old now. I'm like, really? <laughs>
0: yeah, I really love it when you have a birthday um, in in Zoom. And mm-hmm. I think it's a surprise. Um, on, on,
4: you know, yeah. on camera. Like, I know, I know.
2: Because
4: at that moment, I was so unfamiliar with Zoom. Even now, I am not the best Zoom guru. Um, so when my sister told me, oh, it was just supposed to be like a couple of people. That's what they told me. Um, for my birthday and she's like you got to click the link and you got to do this I'm like what are you talking about like oh my god this is a lot and then all of a sudden I see a pop-up of faces happy birthday and at that moment to be to visually see how loved I am and appreciate like appreciated that just gave me such an overwhelming feeling of gratitude, of joy, of like blessed at that moment, because I was struggling. Like you are, like I was constantly seeing death in the hospital. And one, when I saw them on the screen, I knew that they were okay. Like no one was sick and it just, it was phenomenal. I I'm forever grateful for my sister for like putting it together and everyone who showed up because mm-hmm. I am definitely blessed in terms of my support system and who I have in my life. Mhm.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was a beautiful moment. There's so many beautiful moments in the film where, you know, uh, you know, we're sort of taken away from, you know, the urgency of of the uh of the illness. Uh, to have these moments where you know, people are cheering out in the street, just clapping and playing music and saying, you know, we see you, um, you know, doctors and other folks that can't stay home, can't be, you know, be distanced
2: mm-hmm. because
0: we need you to keep working.
2: Mm-hmm. And
0: I just love those moments in the film. And and you are a heck of fierce. I mean, you know, you got your, you. you know, you go to the protest and, and then you go up between the policeman and this child who is,
4: you know, just consumed with
0: grief. Uh and that's that's just such a beautiful moment.
4: So don't don't get me wrong, I love a compliment and I appreciate being perceived as being fierce, but at that moment, like at at these moments, it really boils down to we are human beings that we want to be seen we want to be heard fully and wholly when i met that gentleman i i didn't know who he was i've never met this boy in my life i still and he's not a boy i apologize i take that back when i overheard him talking to that police officer he literally came as a truth that i am not someone you envision as a target I am not someone who's less than you. I am not someone who automatically should be feared or whose life is not worthy of living. Mm -hmm. He just wanted to be acknowledged. And when that wasn't reciprocated, like when he did not get that acknowledgement, that's where the trigger kind of got set off for him. Mm -hmm. Or that's how I kind of saw it. And I just couldn't stomach. I couldn't, my soul couldn't take another senseless loss of life or some harm to a, to a Black male body, to a Black person. So at that moment, I'm not thinking of a hero because I don't see myself as a hero. I was thinking of, I'm this, this gentleman's sister. This could be my cousin. This could be whomever. And he has people who love him and would be devastated if something happened to him. So I said not on my watch. So whatever I could do to kind of intercede at that moment, that's what I ultimately ended up doing. And just to give a sense of validation that you are seen, you are heard, you have a community behind you, you have a tribe that you may not see, you may not know, but we are rooting for you. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of the thing that was all running through my mind at the time.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we had seen footage of peaceful protesters being met with excessive force.
4: Exactly. Right,
0: right before. Yeah. And this, these are the same New York policemen and women. So, you know, it wasn't something that we could say, oh, she's overreacting. No, it was it was a clear um, possibility that this kid, this young person, no, everybody's young when you're 60. He's <laughs> so, like, so young in my book. 60s, a little 40. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so, you know, for you to, have, like, embrace him, and and then, you know, he just sort of felt it. That was just such a beautiful... I'm like, I'm just so happy you said yes to, uh, to Matthew, you know, around this film, because you could have said, oh, man, like, one more thing to manage as we're
4: trying to, like, figure this thing out. What made you say yes so we can have this this story? So, so here's the thing. So initially um, when I was informed about there's going to be someone coming into the hospital to kind of document um, what's happening, because um, I pride myself in trying to be as transparent as possible. I am an open book. Um, so I figured that this is an opportunity finally where someone like myself who's female, who's black, who is a physician, has a chance to speak up and be seen and to allow people to see a different perspective that still may be relatable, even though it's not your life. It's, for me, there's but so many conversations I could have. I'm like, oh, my gosh, the hospital's crazy. Like, there's but, so many, there's but so many words to articulate all that we were seeing in the hospital. But when you have cameras that are able to give vantage points that I even didn't get to see until I saw the film, it allows people to see a whole picture and then internalize it and see how it's applicable to themselves. And then that in return is a way to advocate for what we deserve, for what we want, and for a better quality of life. So I feel my, I, I just feel like I'm a vessel for change at times. And if I could be that, then I'm gonna be it. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, it was cinema verite. I mean, you know, you all weren't acting you know these this was this is and was a crisis, yeah and, and and you got somebody you know, i mean it was you know, I don't know how the cameras were set up, but it seemed that they didn't get in your way of just being able to do the work that you do, but yeah those those moments, um you know, like you know your your staff, you know and and how moving you know like these are people this this is not like these are people you know who are sick. Yeah. And as you mentioned, it was so different because normally, you know, you person comes in, you diagnose what's going on, and then you you have a treatment and you have medicine, and the person gets better. In this instance, people were getting better, and then what happened? You know,
4: and yeah,
0: yeah,
2: the it us- was yeah.
4: so the chaos was unfathomable, especially in the beginning between the lack of PPE. So, there are so much, there's so much that still wasn't shown from the film. Like Matt and the team did an amazing job getting the essence. But when you live the day to day, working in such chaos initially, it was in a, in a way organized chaos, but we're literally running from one end to the other end of the hospital. We're running, trying to find the materials we need to do care. We're having all this additional gowns and masks and all that stuff the physic- the physicality of being a physician at that time was actually way different, like we were working under such different conditions that we're used to so on top of that conquering a new entity of this disease, the syndrome where one minute a patient we think may be recovering, but then yet a complication occurs that sets this ongoing chain reaction that no matter what we do at this point, the ultimate ending, the outcome is not what we want and people are suffering and losing life, it is a tough thing to to work through and to process and to witness. So Being able to have this, like, at this point, the film is literally a historical document to some degree, where we have what it was like in real time, Mm -hmm. how New York City had to deal with this pandemic. Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. So sorry to interrupt, Uh, a three-minute warning.
2: Three minutes, oh my God.
0: <laughs> well, we went on for a little bit longer than three minutes. Um, uh, but you can read the uh you can read the content of the interview on wanders dot com. Um,
2: <laughs>
0: uh, but anyway, it was a great conversation and it's a great film. And we're gonna be talking some more about films. Uh good morning, uh, Romani. How are you? Uh, it's Romani actually. How are you doing? Romy, thank you. <laughs> oh, I'm Romany, fine. I, yeah. was <laughs> it's I was just okay. responding. I was responding to an uh, email you sent me that I didn't see, and I'm like, oh, dang, missed that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway, no no worries. It's going to be hecka heck of easy because you are the expert, uh, Romani. Um, you know this festival because you have been uh, doing this work. Gosh, um you write that you 18 are 18 years you were yeah yeah that's a long time you should you could do this with your eyes closed uh and i'm really sorry for the time i know it's too early so hopefully uh, you know you got your coffee <laughs> or your tea
2: um
0: yeah but you were born in san francisco in the late uh, 1950s you write. so i think we're peers uh yep. i grew up in san francisco too but not in not in uh Daly City but you grew up in the east side of Daly City and you yeah. are back in San Francisco. Yeah. Hmm? Yep. <laughs> yep. Back home. Yeah. Yeah. What schools
5: you go to? Oh, let's well, I, we got bounced all over the place in grade school. Uh, you know, they kept mm-hmm. switching us back and forth with the, you know, not having enough, not having enough kids here, not having, and having too many there. I went to Jefferson uh-huh. High School. Okay. Uh, you know, and then after that I did some junior college at Skyline. Took some okay. classes there.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. So you are producer, programmer, herder of cats. <laughs> <laughs> so are you also yeah, what a, we call a director? It. Like how did you how did you hook up with SF Indie and another hole no. in the head specifically?
5: <laughs> well, um, George is the director, and he, George, Eric, and I are partners in this, um, but mm. uh, jo, you know, George is the, George owns the name, so he gets the last word on a lot of things, um, but no, uh, what happened was I was a big fan of film festivals, and I, um, there, was, I there was another uh, festival outfit who shall remain nameless. Um, because they uh, they had a, a genre film festival, horror, science fiction, things like that, that I was very fond of, and then they discontinued it for whatever reason they chose. And uh, I was pretty themed about that. And when SF Indie decided to start up a genre festival, I I threw in my lot with them and started helping out with that festival. I helped out with some of the other uh, film festivals at SF Indy for a while, but uh, now I just concentrate on another hole in the head.
0: Hmm.
5: Yeah, and
0: uh, last year was my first time attending because I thought, oh, they're scary movies, but that's not true. <laughs> There's a lot of movies for people that are scary like me. Uh, I mean, really, really good ones. Oh my goodness, I just had so much fun last year. Um, uh, and like now I am like a fan fan. I mean Doc Fest was the one, um, that I was like, Okay, I can do this because they're documentaries, right? <laughs>
2: <laughs> but all another hole in the
0: head, you know, particularly, you know, some of the earlier um pictures that illustrated, you know, like the graphics. I'm like, Oh no, I can't do this. Um, but yeah, I had a great conversation last year. Um with, um, I'm not certain which one of the folks I spoke to. Benji. But, Benji, he's a
5: programmer.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah. And, you know, really calmed me down. And, and I came and I'm like, oh, this is, I've been missing out. This is so good. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so there's 15 days of fantastic films and I just love, you know, the opening where you can just watch trailers and talk to the directors and that's tonight. So, Talk to us yep. about, just give us an overview, and it's free. You know, you could just, I just registered. I'm like, oh, I almost missed this, too. And, yeah, and it's not full yet.
2: <laughs>
0: so, nope, yeah, talk quite. about, like, tonight and just sort of lay out the label land for us a
5: little bit. And don't forget to give the website. Uh, okay, yeah, the web, our website is A-H-I-T-H, it's the initials for another hole in the head. Dot com um, easy to find um, well uh, kind of caught me off guard here I don't know what we will tonight on Zoom we'll be uh, having a coming attractions show we'll be rolling trailers and um, trying to get uh, trying to get as many films, uh, filmmakers on to say hello to the audience maybe answer a couple of questions um, try and get as many people in there as we can Um, you know, and it'll be everything, the features, the shorts, um, that's kind of all it is, is, you know, it's a big party (laughs) with with trailers trailers and talking and hanging out.
0: Right, right. Yeah. People can, you know, the chat box is going to be enabled. And so, you know, people who, um, are not familiar with how fun it is to talk to the creatives behind the movies, You know, the actors, the directors, the people that put this all together. Like, why did you choose this film over that film? And I'm sure, like, how many films did you sort through for, and how many films are in this this particular um, iteration of Another Hole in the Head?
5: Uh, We have something in the neighborhood. I can't remember if it's just over or just under 250. Yeah, I guess it's just over 250 films that we wound up choosing Mm -hmm. out of Mm -hmm. over 1,100 what? <laughs> you watched eleven 1, yeah. hundred films? I when do you start? Them? Like right well, after the George, an so. George and Eric and some yeah George and Eric and some of the other programmers watched some other things, but uh, you know the short films are kind of my my responsibility. Mm-hmm. So it's like I may I may not get to see every single one. Um, You know, I have other people that kind of help me because it's 1,100 (laughs) 1100 films and about 850 of those were short films. So, you know, I can't watch everything. I do have people that watch things for me to, you know, and just sort of give their opinion. And then I go from there and watch them through and decide, you know, some some things I choose for like curated collections, like I've got... um, I've got a little block of westerns that uh, that's going to be showing online and every year uh, every year that I have enough films I do a little thing called Dark Rainbow which is LGBT plus films in the genre mm-hmm. you know science fiction and horror um I've got two editions of that this year. We get, we really got a lot of good films. So I choose films for that. And then anything else that's good but doesn't necessarily fit a niche winds up going into the Assorted Flavors uh, collections. We've got six of those this year. <laughs> so, uh, yeah.
0: Assorted Flavors sounds like ice cream.
5: <laughs> Actually, we use can- pictures of candy for the... <laughs>
2: Oh okay, the website
5: okay, like, to, to yeah, it's like you know one looks like <laughs> skittles, another one looks like m and ms just so they look different, you know
0: mhm, mhm, nice, mm-hmm. nice, nice, oh that's great, so um, I know you have in person, you have online, so tell tell people sort of like tonight is online um how how you all working, you know. Screenings in theaters online. How is that working? Um, and yeah, because I know last year was all online, but this year I think it's a mix. So where are you screening? Is it the Roxy? Um, and no. no,
5: okay. Yeah, um, no, it's uh, we our theatrical home is the New People Cinema in Japantown. It's on Post Street. It's okay. in it's true underground cinema. It's in the basement of the New People Building, which is right like right across the street from Benihana on Post Street. Okay, um, yeah. if, you're, if you're ever passing by, it's a big, it's like a three-story glass, you know, um, like retail building, but it's got this bright orange doorway. You can't miss it. Um, but then you go into their lobby and then go downstairs, and we're down there. The lobby for the theater and the theater are down there. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's see. So, well, uh, well, you know, with the COVID and everything, with theater management, we, uh, we'll, it's, the place holds about 140 to 150 people, but we're going to be taping off about half of the seats and uh you know like every other seat so people can social distance um i should mention for anybody that's planning to come down you will need to show your vaccination card and you will have to be masked the whole time you're in the building um the, theater management demands it we'll we'll lose our contract if we don't enforce it so you know sorry for anybody that's going to be uncomfortable with that but those you know we, those are the rules we have to live with um so we'll be starting uh, that. The theatrical shows will start on Friday. We're starting off with a 3D movie called Leda. Um, it's an art film. It's not like your you're, you know your old-fashioned monster you know scary uh, 3D movies like um, like it came from outer space or the creature from the black lagoon. This one's an art film. <laughs> it's very surreal uh it's based on the uh it's kind of a tragic fairy tale based on the greek myth of leda and the swan so i and more than that i can't really explain <laughs> so, okay um, we <laughs> out, we'll be giving handing out the glasses as people come in and uh And then over the weekend, we'll be having um, the the early shows on Saturday and Sunday. will be dedicated to our local filmmakers. Um, It's all short films made by either either made by people who are from here or occasionally we include a film that, um, you know, that maybe the people aren't from here, but it's filmed here and it's about things going on here. So, so they, they we get to count those as local films. We're going to have a lot of those. Um, and we're taking a break Sunday, Saturday. Uh, excuse me, Monday and Tuesday, and then we start up again with. Um, oh let's see. We've got got a monster movie from the Philippines called The Monsters Without. Um, draws very heavily on Filipino mythology. Um, trying to think. <laughs> I don't – i I'm sorry. My apologies to everyone. I'm I, I. really not that big of a talker. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah, okay. I'm you having don't a hard, hard time. Yeah, you know, it's, and of course, you know, like when I'm on the spot, if I wasn't talking on the phone, I could I could write down the name of every film we've got in the festival. But if <laughs> you put me on a microphone or on a telephone, when I know people are listening to me, and my mind just goes blank, so I'm sorry. Check check everything out at a h i t h dot com. Uh, you know, it'll it'll has a link over to Eventive. Eventive is ha- handling all of our ticketing um and all of the the details and the pictures the trailers and stuff are over there um yeah next question
0: yeah. <laughs> um yeah yeah um i think eventive is really easy to navigate um it's i think it's your festival online was so easy um i really like that cuz sometimes it's kind of difficult moving between films and and you know and what you want to see because you all like last year there were these blocks you pay for the block and you'd see yeah. um, these films in a block and i don't know if you're doing that again are you
5: yeah that's what i was talking about when i said the short film collections oh collections uh, okay okay yeah it's you know blocks collections it's the same thing it's just you know some <laughs> some people call them blocks i don't um okay but uh but yeah um like I said, sorted flavors is a block. So is dark. Mm-hmm. Both of the dark rainbows and and uh, all of mm-hmm. the other all of the other short film blocks, mm-hmm. collections, whatever.
0: Nice, nice. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I think you got. You didn't have to watch them all in one sitting. You you got a few days
5: to to finish. Um, you can pick. Well, actually, you have twenty four hours to finish once once you actually start. Hours, the, once you start, yeah. A, yeah, okay. you have you have once you, if you if you reserve them, you know, you, like you can choose like you can choose a film like buy a ticket, or if you've got a pass, you can use one of the one of the um, shows on your pass to reserve, uh, you know, a block or a feature or whatever. But um, when you, you when you reserve it, you have seven days to start it. Once you start it, you need to start um, you need to watch it within 24 hours. Mm -hmm. Um, and if you have a pass, those of you that have a pass, so don't, don't, if you get by like a full, full access pass and decide, you know, start picking things out on the first day of the fest, save some of it for the second week, because if you pick everything you're going to watch in that first week, it's going to expect you to watch all that in the first week. Mm -hmm. Um. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we've had to straighten some things out and <laughs> give some refunds and things like that for people who, who who didn't didn't wound up getting themselves blocked out of their stuff because they didn't watch it in the first week. But
2: mm-hmm. so. right,
5: so pace yourself, folks.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. <laughs> mhm. Yeah. One of the things that S. F. Indie is known for are your, you know, sort of. Um, community uh, kind of um, activities, you know, fun, like games and sing-alongs and skating and all kinds of fun stuff. And I was wondering, um, you know, sort of uh, as producers, you know, of, of a festival, you know, during a pandemic, is has that affected, you know, sort of how you have laid out the in-person um, or online festive. Part of the festival, like do you do you, no, are you doing anything different.
5: special? well, what happened this time we last year we had several things we had um, we had a game show we had like a trivia show, and uh, you know where people won prizes and things like that but what happened to us this year was um, the theater uh, you know, because of the COVID and, and all of that, they decided that they needed to, they, they didn't really want to have a big festival. So they told us that they they were only going to give us so many, so many screen screening hours and that we had so many people that wanted to a chance to interact with the audience, um, but we couldn't give them theatrical shows. So, all of the all of the on to all of the zoom time uh where we would have had a, a a contest or um some some other kind of fun activity, we decided to just go ahead and let people have screenings um so that, you know like we've got several we're gonna have a couple of features um the what, tomorrow night we have uh, Cats of the Bayou. It's an ASMR film. I don't know if you're familiar with ASMR. It's um, a sound effect uh, that gives you sort of a t- different kinds of sound effects that are supposed to give you a calming or a tingling sensation. And um, mm. Alex Roman, the director, has included a lot of those factors into his soundtrack. It's, uh, it's a perfect film to, to have on Zoom because it doesn't lend itself to the theater. You, you really get the very best effect for of it from uh, wearing headphones. So anyway, we're giving him a screening on Zoom, and then we go into the theater. And every, basically every night that, of the festival that we're not in the theater, we're going to be on Zoom getting these people a chance to, you know, to show their film and interact with their audience, you know, and, since they couldn't get into the theater to do it. so.
2: Um,
5: And as far as parties, I know a lot of people are disappointed that we're not having a party. Uh, We were kind of looking forward to that, too. But it's just with things happening, you know, first the Delta and now, now, you know, Omicron looming on the horizon, um, it's just probably not a good idea to... You know, the gathering is one thing, a gathering in the theater is one thing, but, you know, a party with food and drinks and stuff like that, it, it just maybe is not, this is not the best time for it. And and having flu season on top of all of that.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah, totally.
5: Definitely Hopefully want, want next to
0: err on the side. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, maybe next year because you are at the end of the year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So perhaps uh December twenty uh twenty two. Uh, isn't that crazy that we're saying twenty twenty two. I remember nineteen ninety nine and two thousand, like, what? <laughs> twenty one years,
5: what?
2: <laughs>
5: the world did not Yeah, end. I mean Um Okay. When I was, when- when I was a kid, everybody was listening to the, reading the prophecies of Nostradamus and all everybody was sure the world was going to end in 99 and then here we are, <laughs> 22 years later, we're still here. Yeah, yeah. Yippee, I'm happy about that.
3: <laughs> yeah. So,
0: yeah, you sent me um, a lot of films because, um, you know, I mentioned that I was uh, interested in African-American content mm-hmm. and... Um, and i don't i don't know um you know what which ones you saw but you know there is uh KYD continue your destiny uh directed by Felicia uh Goodlow Vaughn and then there's Space Karen directed by Charles Conyers and animated Star Trek uh fan mm-hmm. film <laughs> and yep. then there's yeah, Moving Meditation that. um uh Joseph Fletcher Eric Johnson um so, uh, and then there's thicker in Marriage, um, directed by uh, Berwin Hutch, and um, and then you added a couple of extras. Um, or were those a couple of extras? I'm not sure. But anyway, um, mm. you want to talk about any of those that you remember um, or some films that you really like? Because I noticed that um, I thought when I was, you know, sort of flipping fast that I saw something about the Planet of the Apes. Did I did I imagine
5: that or no? Yes, we have we have a brilliant uh, fan film uh, creator who mm-hmm. um, does what are called supercuts. His name is Jorge Torres, and he makes these supercuts, which you know he he'll take a series like the Friday the Thirteenth or Nightmare on Elm Street and take all of the films and edit them together. Um, he did mm-hmm. one last year with the Death Wish series where he kind of outdid himself. He uh not only brought in the Death Wish films but also brought in a lot of clips and sound bites from uh, about 200 other films and just turned it into this really wow. wild ride. Yeah. Yeah. But um that's but amazing. This series, wow. Yeah. It is. This year he's he's uh taken the original Planet of the Apes series, not not the remakes from from uh the last few years, but the originals from the 20th century and um put together a supercut of that revision of the Planet of the Apes. I have not had a chance to see that one yet. Um mm-hmm. so I can't comment on it. He's also done one with the Rocky series, you know, the Sy- Sylvester Stallone Rocky films. Um oh, I really can't so this so this either. Yeah. Yeah, they'll both oh. be playing the, so the, yeah, they're both playing on the last night of the fest, uh, which is the 15th. It'll be on Zoom. Um, oh. so yeah, and, and yeah, Benji, Benji will be there hosting and, um, Jorge will be on, on hand to answer questions and talk to people in between the films. And, okay. uh, yeah, so it's going to be of the 8th at 7 and then, um, you know, whenever they get finished talking after Planet of the Apes, they'll roll rocky.
0: Oh, that's going to be
5: cool. Ooh. Yeah, it will. Bookmark, it
0: will. definitely. Okay.
2: Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow, that sounds heck of fun. Okay. And so some of these other films, did you see any of them? You want to tell us about them? I-
5: I've seen so many of them that <laughs> I mean, like I said, I, I watched virtually all of the short films. Most okay. of I, I I took a look at most of the features. George and Eric tend to handle the features more, but I had a little mm-hmm. bit bit bigger hand. They were they were pretty busy this season, so um, so I took a hand in some of that. Um, but uh, you know, it's like I, you know, I'm sorry that I'm not more, not more entertaining on this subject, but it's kind of like after 1100 films, and, <laughs> you yeah. know, I mean, I know they're good, and but it's like a lot of them I'm kind of going to be watching them all over again, mm-hmm. um, you know, while the festival is going, um, and it's, after 1100 films, it's hard to remember one film or two films, you know, so it's mm-hmm. like I'll be sitting there in the theater or at home looking at them and going, oh, yes, this one. I remember this one. This <laughs> is great. Oh, uh,
0: that's funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, no worries. Yeah. Um, and then I forgot one um that uh was added. I think you added Hit and Run, directed by Jeremy Benbow. And I'm like, that title's yeah. like Hit and Run. Yeah. Yeah,
5: yeah,
2: that um, one—that
5: one's that one's pretty hard-hitting. Um, mm-hmm. It's that's that's one of those cases where um, Jeremy is based in Los Angeles, but the film oh. uh, is very recognizably the the San Francisco Bay Area, San Francisco, and a few other. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there are a few scenes of other places in the Bay Area, but mostly it's um, San Francisco, like around the North Beach area and other mm-hmm. things. And, the premise is that uh, there are two young men, friends. The sister of one of them has been gravely injured in a hit and run, and they they're trying desperately to uh, to find. You know, you know how people tend to just sort of, you know, people see something but they don't want to say anything. They just kind of disappear. So mm-hmm. they're you know they're desperate to try and find out you know, bring bring some justice for um, excuse me for the one young man's sister, and so they're going door to door. They're handing out flyers, and I won't give away the ending. So
0: mm-hmm. go watch it.
5: Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: Ah, well, eleven 1, hundred films. Oh my goodness, that's a lot. I don't know
5: how yeah. that feels to watch eleven 1, hundred films. That was over the course of a year, though. I mean, that was from last okay. January to to October. So. Okay.
0: Okay. So. So we did a small bite. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you want to tell us why this festival is called another hole in the head?
5: <laughs> oh, okay. yeah! It's the most boring explanation in the world. Um, no, what happened was when the film, when the festival was first started, uh, the you know the the programmers and the the producers in charge at the time uh, looked at each other and said, you know, San Francisco they were dying to do a genre festival, but you know they're going, you know, San Francisco needs another film festival like it needs another hole in the head. <laughs> and so (laughs) yeah so that's what it is it's just you know and it kind of it lends itself to you know we were known mostly as a and we're still true to our genre roots but um, but we're not just even in genre stuff we're not just horror we do Mm -hmm. we program a lot of science fiction and fantasy as well but you know with the with the another hole in the head everybody tends to think oh a horror show <laughs> mhm
0: yeah,
5: yeah yeah
0: but it it's really a really wonderful film festival and I'm really happy that I finally attended last year Uh virtually yeah. um I yeah. can't do in person stuff anymore but uh so I'm really wow. happy that okay. you continue to have that aspect of the festival for those of us that ah uh, we just miss you know we miss so much because we can't get out um you know to those kind of things, so really really happy I, that even though you're even though you're back in the theater you you remember remember sort of the audience uh, expansion yeah. you know by having online access well I, I kind of tend to think
5: that um that the the, the the on demand the and the online uh the we're definitely never going to turn loose of the zoom the live online stuff uh through the zoom and mm-hmm. you know we see that there's a, a we we would like to not have to rely on evenive on demand stuff so heavily you know if, if if we weren't having a pandemic it wouldn't be like that but um but I really don't think that, i think that on-demand and uh, the virtual concept, uh, the virtual aspect of festivals, I don't think that's going to go away. Um, mm. And we were kind of into this, you know, a few years ago. We, um, a couple of years, like 2017, we did a couple of virtual reality film festivals. And by that, I don't mean we showed virtual reality films. I mean we had a theater in virtual reality, and we had people come in from all over the world to sit in this mm. little viewing area with us and watch the films and talk about them, kind of like the way we do in, with the Zoom, except yeah. that, you know, there was a visual, you know, <laughs> we weren't able to really see each other as we are. Everybody had an avatar. Most of them looked like robots, but... Mm-hmm. but oh, um, that's cool. Yeah. So, um yeah, we, we've always been very much in, in, interested in the idea of, like, reaching beyond... Physical limitations (laughs) to reach people, so Mm -hmm. so we will probably keep we will keep some aspect of eventive. I don't know if it will be, um, you know, like this year because of theater cuts, we had you know a tiny bit in the theater, and almost everything is on eventive, available on eventive. I don't know if we'll be able to, you know, God willing, if uh, the COVID finally goes, we finally beat the COVID, and people can go. Pretty much you know go more back to normal, you know not having to run around showing back cards and wearing masks um, and all the distancing um, hopefully we'll be able to have a bigger theater uh, presence but but I don't I, I, we probably will hang on to that, so, so there'll be something for everybody. <laughs> Mhm. Yeah, yeah,
0: wow Well, I appreciate your work And congratulations on the 18th annual Another Hole in the Head Film Festival Yay, I'll see you tonight Watching those trailers And seeing who shows up
5: <laughs> Yeah, I'm really for looking forward me. to
0: it It's going to be heck of fun <laughs> yeah,
5: I'll be looking for you in the chat room <laughs> All chat right, well, you take I good think. care you <laughs> too. Have a good one. Bye bye. You too. Bye.
0: <laughs> so again, um, another hole in the head, film festival, um, A H I T H dot com. And again, um tonight is free. Um but um there's limited um you know, limited space 'cause you know how Zoom is. Um so um you wanna register. So um so go online and and register so you can, you know, see some trailers, see what's coming up, and talk to some of the directors, whoever happens to pop in. should be really fun. So we're going to go out with um, a little Cannonball Adderley, Autumn Leaves. Thanks so much for joining us for another edition of Wanda's Picks. Peace and blessings.